This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandy shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandy shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. It's time to tell our Podmeets World listeners that if you're currently tuning in via headphones, it's time you take audio seriously and join the JLab family. JLab offers incredible sound for all of life's moments. It's tech done better. Consumers deserve better than the same old tech they've been stuck with. Instead of high price tags, everyone should have access to new innovations and products they actually want. So JLab thought, hey, why not do something about it? What are you waiting for? Get out there and join the JLab family. JLab.com. JLab. Your kind of tech. I sleep no oh, like are question. you I don't mean do you sleep well or do you sleep I mean like are you back sleepers are you side sleepers do you sleep on your stomach does it switch like how mm. do you guys sleep I love this conversation on my stomach I'm the whole night no that's how I fall asleep like I can only fall asleep and it took me a while to realize this I was like I'd toss and turn or be on my side and then eventually I realized like no I need to sleep like on my stomach that's how I fall asleep and I usually wake up in a different position but yeah but that and and it's so funny cuz now I know that I'm getting tired enough to actually go to sleep when I find myself in that position do you know what I mean like if I'm mm-hmm. if I think I'm going to sleep but I'm still not there and I'm like lying on my back I'll be like, oh I'm still lying on my back there's no way I'm going to sleep for the next 20 minutes or so <laughs> yeah I used to be the exact same way. I was almost an exclusive stomach sleeper. I could not fall asleep any other way and would, if I wanted to sleep, I would flip over onto my stomach and it would be lights out. And then I would wake up and I would still be on my stomach. And then being pregnant... You can't sleep on your stomach. And I remember being very nervous. Like in the early stages of pregnancy, you still can sleep on your stomach and being like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm just not going to sleep. I'm just not going to sleep. And then the good news is you're not sleeping when you're pregnant anyway, because you have to pee every five minutes and you've got aches and pains. How is that the good news? Well, because because then then the worst, it's not the worst thing that you can't sleep on your stomach because you're just not sleeping anyway when you're seven, eight, nine months pregnant. But... I did, especially in my pregnancy with Keaton, 
get very comfortable sleeping on my side. All of a sudden, it wasn't a problem. It was like suddenly sleeping on my side felt very natural and very comfortable. I used to always feel on my side that I didn't know what you do. Where do these go? What does what happens with this? Like, what does this one do? And like, yeah. is this one this one's going to fall asleep? It's like is this you acting in a numb. jacket. It's yeah, exactly. No, it's impossible. Yeah. I could never act in a jacket. Couldn't sleep on my side. I also would feel like I would like my weight would roll over forward. And I was like, well, now I'm still kind of on my stomach. Anyway, long story short, with Keaton, I got very comfortable sleeping on my side. And now I sleep in coffin pose on my side. Oh my so. Gosh. So both arms, vampire. yes, and it's glorious. It is. And so I'll now fall asleep on my side in vampire pose and then sometimes still wake up on my stomach. But I, I vacillate between side sleeping vampire style and stomach sleeping. Do you Never have a, back. Do you have a specific side or is it is it switching between the sides you have? I can switch bes- between the sides, but I start off on my left side. Okay. And then I usually will end up rolling over onto my right side. Interesting. Okay. I once yeah. worked with an actress who told me you can't sleep on your face. You can't sleep on your stomach because you're going to get of wrinkles. wrinkles. So know. she trained herself to sleep on her back. My best like, friend Danielle intense. did the exact same thing. Danielle sleep. Danielle literally sleep. My friend Danielle literally <laughs> sleeps arms down by her side on a satin pillow, looking straight up. And I'm like, <laughs> preserve my face. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I also drink the blood of my often. husband, um, and that keeps me young. So, well, that's- Will, what about you? Um, I, I, do, I try not to drink too much of, of, of your husband's producer blood. Jensen, producer <laughs> Jensen, come husband of this podcast blood. Yeah. Um, it's got a strange aftertaste, uh, but I, no, I sleep on my stomach. Mm-hmm. I sleep on my stomach or my side, but I nap on my back. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. And Me napping too. is the only time I snore and it's because I'm on my back. So you nap I, on your back too, writer. Yeah, because I'm if I'm napping, I only want it to last 20 minutes. And so it's like I can I know so you make sure you're if, uncomfortable. I guess so. Yeah. Like I, I guess, only nap like, between it, 20 minutes and four hours. And, and it's that same thing. Right. But <laughs> I do. Too. I nap in coffin pose where there's times oh where I, I Sue will come in and be like, that's the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life because I am full like this and out uh, wow. on my back. Yeah. So. <laughs> hmm. Huh. How interesting. That. I was just curious. I was curious. I thought about that when I woke up this morning. I was like, I know how I sleep, but I don't know how they sleep. And right. I'd like to find out. We should do a slumber party one day. Okay. At right. the uh, the Boy Meets World house? Hey. Rent, are, rent we, the, are we Airbnb, it, the Boy Meets World house? I, think I mean, you may be onto something. I do want to see what it looks like inside. Wouldn't that be crazy if we walked in and it was like exactly like the oh show? Oh my gosh. What if the boy <laughs> what meets nightmare. what if the Matthews <laughs> couch like, is, is in there? <laughs> and, and the Rusty's family picture and Rusty's just there. <laughs> Rusty waiting? and Betsy oh, are man. there. Oh man, I hope. That would be so awesome. Anyway, welcome to Pod Meets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong. And I'm Will Friedle. Our guest today is Nancy Kerrigan, who is way better than doing this podcast, but she said yes. So we're going to accept <laughs> gonna the answer. And we're going to roll with it. <laughs> I mean, she won a handful of Olympic med- medals as a figure skater competing from 1991 to 1994, including the unforgettable showdown with Oksana Bayul and Lily Hammer, which earned her a place on the world stage and a silver medal. And that same year, what you may unfortunately know her best from is when Nancy found herself thrust into an infamous scandal that is still pop culture fodder today, when she was attacked by a hitman that a rival's ex-husband hired to sideline her from the competition. 
Beyond that, though, Kerrigan was inducted into the United States Figure Skating Hall of Fame in 2004. She starred in Broadway on Ice and competed in Dancing with the Stars in 2017. But today, we are less interested in all of that, all of those accolades and those incidents, because she played herself in one episode of Boy Meets World, Season 2, Episode 19, Wrong Side of the Tracks, in 1995. And that is what she's here to talk about today. So let's please welcome to the podcast... Nancy Kerrigan. Hey. 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 There she is. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm glad to be. Um this has been a long time. I'm really I was just disappointed years and years ago when I didn't get to go on set and meet everybody. I know. <laughs> we were, I mean, well, it was great working with you, but it was I been a huge fan my kids are fans we've watched you know all of boy meets world plus girl meets world so oh my gosh yes i just remember being very cold i just remember being (laughs) very very cold so let's let's jump into it my very first question is um do you remember how you kind of ended up on boy meets world did was it just a phone call to you and an ask how did that come about i always should ask this before the questions come up because I don't know. I have an agent um, who's still my agent, but now my husband. Um, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome! Um, <laughs> would he have been your? He would have been your agent at the time. Yeah. Yes. So someone must have called him and asked um, if I would be on, and of course I'm like, yes, for sure. Um, and I was. I think it was at the time I was in in uh, Lake Placid anyway, already filming. And so we're like, yes, it sounded, you know, made sense and makes it look more dreamlike not being in just an ice rink, I guess. So yeah, um, part of the dream. That that is my question. Will, where did you guys, because you were, you were filmed it in Lake Placid, which Boy Meets World had no business being in Lake Placid. We went there for you, Nancy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We did. I remember flying there with, with Kendall and I want to say Karen McCain. Yeah. And we who are two of our producers and we flew there and I just remember landing and even growing up in the East Coast uh, in Connecticut, I was still like, this is really cold. (laughs) It was you were already an L.A. person at that point. You were like converted. We went to this house that was, you know, in front of a frozen lake, which I guess was Lake Placid or or something smaller. Was it It, called Mirror Lake? I think Mirror Lake. Okay. And we had to take snowmobiles to get to the lake to then put me on skates for the second time in my entire life in front of Nancy Kerrigan, which isn't intimidating at all, which is awesome. Um, so, well, yeah, it was a, what a day. How did you find out you were going to be working with Nancy? Um, I think they kind of said, you know, Kendall pulled me aside and said, hey, we're going to be doing a dream sequence with, with Nancy Kerrigan. And I was like. That's awesome. Who's going to go skate with her? Because it can't be me. (laughs) Say, who's that? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, no. No. I know exactly who you were. Uh, And so it was, I, you know, I remember then they literally brought me to an ice skating store. And I sat there and they fitted me with really expensive, ridiculous skates that hurt so much. I don't know how, Nancy, you do this. It's no. yeah, it's just like your feet are in a vice all day long. It is excruciatingly painful. 
Yes, when they're new, especially. But then people will say, oh, you must have strong ankles. I'm like, no, they're very strong boots. There's right. like four, four layers of leather, although now they're all plastic and super light. Um, and <sighs> it's really different, uh, which is hard for me to get used to. I have a new pair of those plastic skates, and I yet to try and break them in. It's oh, it's so horrifying. Yeah. Kids these days have it easy. <laughs> <laughs> You want they those do. hard leather, heavy boots? Uh, yeah. They were so painful, and I just, wow. I just remember standing there with you, and you kind of being very nice and trying to help me essentially stand uh, <laughs> on on the skates. And um, I, I, you looked down at my skates, and then you, you looked up at me and you smiled, and I went, "These are good skates, aren't they?" And you very politely went, "They're very good." And Maybe a, a little too good for for your level. Of skate. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe, maybe you don't deserve these. Yeah, <laughs> you probably needed like not just the try on and see. Okay, these fit. You needed to practice in them, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which of course I didn't do at all. It was just here. Here are skates. Now go stand on ice with Nancy Kerrigan. Like, so okay. Will, does that mean that Kendall directed it? Did he direct the scene? Yes. Yeah, he okay. did. Okay, I was wondering because Trainer yep. gets credit for the episode, but he didn't even go. No, Kendall so was, was there. Ken yeah, it bundled up like head to toe, like we were you know, hiking in Alaska. And you had um, one camera. I don't remember. I I was so concentrating on hitting my double lutz that <laughs> right, I, right. Oh yeah, you're great. <laughs> <laughs> that was I, obviously I, me. <laughs> Clearly. Um. <laughs> Double axle and a, a sit spin, I think. Is I did. Well, the sit spin was easy. I had that down at the airport. It was the, <laughs> it was, I was worried about the, about the double axle. It's taking off. It's with the axle. I mean, the thing, when I'm hitting my, my, my uh, regular spins, you know, you land forward with the axle, you take off backward, you land back. The whole thing was very strange. So I was probably wrong with everything I just oh, said. Yeah. But <laughs> it sounded good to me, man. It sounded great, right? I was committing to the to the performance though. Now, Nancy, was this your first experience acting? Had you ever been asked to do another TV show? Well, I've done um The Journey of Alan Strange. And I don't okay. know if that was right before or right after, but like right around the same time. And the thing is with like I always have to play myself, which is kind of a little boring. <laughs> You know, because I'm already me. So, right. More fun to like do actually try and act. But, um, I mean, skating is a lot of acting, frankly. We're just trying to portray a character to different music. So, um, I've done shows since, but on ice, Greece, uh, where I played wow. Sandowski, and oh, I did Ariel and Footloose, which was super fun. Yeah, that's um, cool. That's really, like, I love being on and like playing that one character for two hours as opposed to like you wait and do your three minutes of a piece and like that's kind of boring so to be able to continue with the character is super fun i, I have wait, i have a, a question for my fellow cast members it is a trivia question nancy will know the answer to this but i want to see if you you do as well i probably will not I doubt in what project did nancy kerrigan appear with william daniels <gasps> really Maybe Nancy doesn't know this, which is very funny that she wouldn't because she's in it. <laughs> oh, I have yeah. no idea. And what know. is is Mr. Feeney? He's not Mr. Feeney at the time, but they were together in Blades of Glory with Will Ferrell. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Bill's in Blades of Glory? He is. He plays the skating judge that kicks Will Ferrell out of skating forever and, and John Heater out of skating forever. And Nancy yeah, Kerrigan plays a wonderful 
Nancy Kerrigan, as she talked about. It <laughs> <laughs> was a long day. That is the issue with you guys, what you guys do, like yeah. six hours for maybe a 30 second piece. You know, it was crazy. Yeah. And um, it's not just sitting around. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just wait. A lot of waiting. Yeah. So before you got the phone call to come on Boy Meets World, were you aware of the show? Had you ever seen an episode of Boy Meets World? So I also, so that's before I had kids, but I have a stepson. Um, And so, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, and I'm traveling a lot with all these other skaters, many of whom were younger than me. And so, yeah, it's, it was a, iconic show i mean of course i knew it you guys portrayed such great characters of and it was so much about friendship and like Mm. helping one another and it was just really uplifting i think for so many as opposed to you know you see a lot of shows and they're at each other instead of there for one another and it was i think it was a great thing and frankly we could use another show very much like that now <laughs> i agree a hundred completely agree I say that all the time i say it all the time yes so do you like do you guys remember what time of year it was it was 94 i mean the episode aired in february of 95 but you guys filmed this probably in 94 right i'm gonna assume it was at the end of 94 i think so i believe uh- um, I thought it was in February of 94, but that would it take that long. No, it would have been it, February of 95 is when it aired. Oh, so oh, usually we re- we would f- record the episodes like three to four months yeah. before they would air. That so, was, I wouldn't say that yeah. far. Maybe really? only two months. Yeah, maybe a month that or was two. I mean, it could have been January, you know. In, yeah, yeah, it, it was mid-August in, in Lake Placid. Yeah, exactly. Um, the so hottest was, month of the year. Exactly. There. That was August 20th <laughs> in Lake Placid. It was below. It was nine below. Yeah, um, Ryder, you're right. It could have been the very first episode back after the holiday break we would have taken right? in December. It could yeah. have been January of yeah, 95. Yeah, it was. I just remember it was it was obviously right during the the height of the winter months. Um, and oh, yeah. Cold there. Yeah, it was very, very cold there. And uh, <laughs> there are other times and like skating outside on the lake and it's been seven below zero and you're like trying to make you know, you're happy and it's all exciting. And, oh, yeah, it brought back a lot of memories. I actually filmed it on the same lake last year. And I was like, oh, I remember being here. I was sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was it was definitely brings back memories when you, when I visit, you know, Lake Placid. And it was a it was a good memory for me, for sure. Good experience. It was, it was for me, too. It really was for me, too. I had I had so much fun. You were very, very accommodating for my awesome skating um which uh yeah was the thing i remember most was ending up <laughs> not even being able to do the regular just skate around the rink uh, the, the ice part i mean like not even being able to be on my feet to go around so it ended with me on my knees on a wheelchair oh backwards what? so i'm backwards on the wheelchair and they're pushing me around the ice with the camera up at me so i'm like i'm doing no this way. the whole time <laughs> as they're pushing the wheelchair around because standing on the skates just it wasn't couldn't working you couldn't it. even make that look natural <laughs> will you're from connecticut how had you I never know. been in ice skates you know there were two high schools in our town one of them was the hockey school and we didn't like them so i think i I just didn't do the whole hockey thing. I was, yeah, I was a soccer, baseball, football kind of kind of guy, and 
the winter sports. My brother was a big winter sports guy. Greg skis and snowboards and I think skated and did all that stuff. But I just could never. And to this day, I can skate. I can roller skate. I can ski. I can't stop on any of those. <laughs> <things>. <laughs> it's just so push and keep going. It just ends with falling every. Okay, so I'm, do no you remember who your double was? Oh God, the story about the double. Yes. So okay. <laughs> we get there, and uh, contrary to what I said at the beginning, I might not have hit all the jumps I was talking about, Nancy. Mm, um, I did hit the lutz, but the sow cow was somebody else. <laughs> no. Um. So. We had they had a double there to skate for me, obviously, and he was a very nice guy. And they stood us together. And Kendall, in his infinite wisdom, said, "Your hair doesn't match. His hair does not match your hair. We need to color your hair." And I looked at the guy. I was like, "Man, you got to go get your hair colored." And David's like, "I'm talking to you." So if you notice in the episode, I now have dark, dark, dark brown hair. And it's because for some reason they decided to dye my hair. Oh, it's easier to go darker than it is to go lighter. I don't know. To match no, right? The Wouldn't double. that make sense? Because if you have to if you have to make somebody's hair lighter, you have to like bleach it. Basically, yeah, you have to and add then bleach. dye it again. Versus Whereas, like he could buy a drugstore brand yeah, dark. Aren't you wearing a hat the whole time anyway? I know. I had a toque. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Where like the hair uh, kind of sticks out? A band, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, a band. You should, they should just put you in a hat. I know. Put you in a beanie. <laughs> Instead, I am at a you know uh, a, a hair salon in Lake Placid, getting my hair darkened to match the oh my the skating gosh. extra. And then it was dark for the rest of the, the rest of the season. I had like super dark brown hair. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't know that. Nancy, were you nervous at all? Um, I don't think no. so. No, <laughs> it was pretty easy. Yeah. This- what I had to do was pretty easy and basically matching, you know, it, they dubbed the voice and it was just so funny because, because it was a dream sequence, the acting was a little weird and, <laughs> and like, Shh, don't, you know, it was, yeah. I was like, so awkward. People don't act like this. And they're like, but it's a dream. And I was like, yeah, but I kind of look stupid, but you know, so. I mean, the way it came out was perfect. It, it's yeah. so it's good. It's I love. So I actually love the moment with the hand on the lips. I thought it was. I thought it was really. I mean, it's really great. Well, it makes it funny, right? So it does. I think that was the point, but it was a little silly. Felt I- silly, but getting going into it, not so much. I mean, I was just hope it didn't take too long because, as Will said, freezing. It's freezing. Freezing. So. Yes, I, I remember the scene being longer. Yeah, that was the thing. I remember when I when I actually watched it again, I was like, oh, why did I think it was a much longer sequence than this? Because well, it probably took it, you all day. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just such a big deal to be out to traveling and then be out yeah. there. And, yeah. And you probably had to do if you only had one camera crew, right, then you would have had to do more coverage than normal than on a multi camera set. So you yeah. weren't used to like, oh, now we got to turn around and do this and do that. You know, you probably just had so many setups. You must have felt like a long day. It's it. And then we were in, a, you know, they put us in a hotel there at Lake Placid and we were in that kind of this rustic hotel where everybody was hanging out in the lobby. And I remember I didn't know anybody. So I just like snuck back to my rooms. Everyone was hanging out by the fireplace and having these cool like back east moments. And I was like, I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was just, the whole situation was it was such a it was a magical kind of day. I mean, Nancy, you're here. I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm on the ice with Nancy Kerrigan 
You know what I yeah. mean? It's like outside in in Lake Placid, New York, and I'm shooting it as a dream sequence, and she's teaching me how to skate. I mean, it was like, it's one of those days that I will always remember. I just will forever. Hey, dudes, this is Christine Taylor. And this is David Lasher. You may remember us as teenage co-stars on the Nickelodeon show Hey, Dude, back in the day. Now, decades later, we are together again as hosts of the Hey, Dude, the 90s called podcast, where we revisit amazing 90s nostalgia. From music to movies to television and comedy, we cover it all. And we get to do it with an array of guests who made their mark in that magical era. Stars from Saved by the Bell, Married with Children, Blossom, Clueless, Full House, Beverly Hills 90210, the list goes on. And David, don't forget our number one fan, Mr. Ben Stiller. How could I forget Ben Stiller? I mean, it was so nice for us to both meet him for the first time. He was an amazing <laughs> guest. We've also had on other 90s megastars like Jason Priestley, Melissa Joan Hart, Kel Mitchell, and Mayim Bialik, just to name a few. And there's so much more to come. So sit back, relax. You can even binge our episodes and make sure to catch a new one each week. Listen to Hey Dude, the 90s called on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So, make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. <laughs> that is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com world. Summer is steadily approaching and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation. Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. 
it is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. So I forgive me if this is a stupid question. You were living in you were living there, right, Nancy? You were living in I, no. I just lived um, in near Boston. Wow. Oh, so, so and so, were you training at Lake Placid? How was that? How did no, the, how was I, this location chosen? I don't know, except for that. Unless it was filmed in '94, I remember I was doing a, a Disney special there, so I was already oh. there. Um, like. A whole week of Disney stuff. I was a week at Disney World and then a week there doing outdoor magical things. And so then, I, and and then they had it for a year to wait. I don't know. Well, Same. not it wouldn't it, if, if it aired in ninety five. It was February of ninety five. So it's possible you were doing that at the end of ninety four. Maybe we it was December. Have. Yeah, we um, must have. So it was, um, but otherwise, I don't know why they would pick it except for that. It had to have been that you were already going to be there. Lake Placid, you know, I mean, it's yeah, a iconic place. So, yeah, I love that Boy. you live right outside of Boston, by the way, because East Coast people represent Massachusetts, <laughs> Massachusetts and Connecticut. Thank you very much. Love it very much. So, <laughs> Nancy, do people ever come up to you and say, hey, I loved you on Boy Meets World? They do. I just saw it last <laughs> night, you know, and uh, yeah, they're there. It's on a lot, actually. I would. Yeah. I mean, Feel like it's a lot because I they'll say it mention it now quite a bit when it when it appears people see it so people are still watching all the time which is awesome I mean for you guys it's amazing right yeah I mean people we we ask and every you, guest we have I mean more facial hair on you guys but <laughs> you still look really good and young <laughs> and you I was thinking the same thing you about you same. I was like she yes. looks exactly the same as she does in a dream sequence from yep. nearly thirty years ago yeah thank you. Thank goodness for makeup, right? <laughs> Have your kids seen you on Boy Meets World? Have they ever watched any of your... Oh, long time ago, but they're not... They're busy. Um, my oldest is 26. He's a costume designer, so... Wow. Always working and busy, busy in television, um, theater, all kinds of stuff. So right now he's down in Florida doing Hits the Musical. Okay. Oh, Wow. Uh, um and i have a middle guy brian that that was matthew brian is um 
going into the Naval Academy. He's a senior in high school. So he's a gymnast. He's going to be on the gymnastics team next year at the Navy. Um, wow. Naval pretty exciting um we just found out everything's all set so he's going for sure and then i have a we have a daughter who is a freshman in high school and she's in a conservatory ballet company so she's they're super driven and no skaters no uh matthew tried and by the way his name is matthew eric which (gasps) i thought it was eric matthew which is hysterical (laughs) (laughs) matthew eric uh, eric matthew decided on it my husband got on the phone and he told someone his name is Matthew Eric. And I was like, what? Like <laughs> seconds ago, we just decided. And it, it wasn't after the character or anything, but <laughs> it happened to be co- weird coincidence. Um, <laughs> right? That's so funny. Will's going to tell everybody you have a oh, son yeah. named after yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From now on. <laughs> but there, they've, it's definitely as a parent made our job a lot easier that they found passion and something that they are super involved and invested in because they just, you know, they know you, you have goals, you have to work hard. And so, you know, yeah, they can't really not work hard if you have high goals. So I I have Uh, a a close friend of mine wrestled at Annapolis and it's, that is not an easy place to get into. My father's retired at Navy reserve. He was the captain of the Navy too. So uh, that I mean, that's congratulations. I mean, congratulations to all your kids, but getting into Annapolis uh, as an athlete is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, and men's gymnastics is pretty tough because there's only 15 colleges that have NCAA wow. teams. So wow. for the men, really challenging to get to get in there. But um, he had a couple other offers, but this was, I think, going to be the best one, and it's the best fit for him. So he leaves. June, you know, and you graduate high school and then boom, he's gone. It's going to be crazy. Big changes for us. Yeah. Yeah, Ryder and I have have younger children. Ryder has an eight year old son and I have a three and a half year old son and a 17 month old son. So the idea that like for Ryder, he's been thinking about it, like really only 10 more summers before. That's all I get. Yeah. I'm already like, oh, God, then, you know. We're like halfway through his childhood. Yeah. <laughs> like we have to get, we have to start planning this and figuring out how what, how we want to spend our time together because it goes by so fast. It's so crazy. fast. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew, the one that's in Florida now, he just bought his first apartment in New York. He moved when he was 19 and started working. He yeah. did. And he's just worked ever since. So at 25, he could buy his own apartment in, wow. in New York. I mean, it's, but it's because he's that, named after me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so they leave and, when they're working and not going to college, you don't get those breaks so to come home. He's like, well, I'm working. I can't come home. Right. So you know Coco Melon. Of course yeah. I do. Okay. They're on tour. He built those costumes, had those all built. And it's so funny. So That's we went awesome. by, My daughter went with her friends. We had like the oldest kids in the audience. <laughs> it was so funny. So they're on tour and he, you know, I'm, oh, Matthew's going to come home this weekend. And then they, he said, no, no. This elephant's head keeps falling off. I can't. <laughs> and I was like, not really something I ever thought my son would be saying. But, all right. <laughs> but that works. That works. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So every pose to Coco Melon, you know, it's just weird. It's so, so funny. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. 
That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. It's 2024 and stress is already everywhere. Deadlines at work. Your kid's screaming at you. Non-stop traffic. The world is ending. That's a big jump there, Ryder. Sorry, kind of true. Yeah, well, when we want to get away from the struggles of everyday life and have some comforting me time, we break into some Keebler Sandies. Let's say it's finals week and Mr. Feeney has scheduled all of the tests into one day. How will Topanga find a comforting moment to herself? Go to the mall? Not with this hair. Play guitar with her father, Jedediah? Depends on which Jedediah. Bite into some delicious Keebler Sandies? Exactly. Keebler Sandies are buttery shortbread cookies made with simple ingredients. And each Keebler Sandies cookie is baked to perfection by the adorable Keebler elves for a light sweetness and texture that melts in your mouth. God bless those little Keebler elves. When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat that will keep you going. So, the next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for a Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Tell the elves Pod Meets World sent ya. They're real. I've seen them. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, My mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. We talk a lot on this podcast about, like, fame pre-internet. And the pros and cons of fame pre-internet. And just really briefly, I want to touch on the fact that you were the victim of an attack in 94, and it's a rather infamous event. And looking back on it now, one of the things that strikes me is how many jokes were made after the fact at your expense. Very strange. Right. Do you think had if something like that were to happen today, how do you think it would be handled? Like, do you think it would be handled differently? I don't know. I would say even still today, there's um, half hour comedic shows and it's mentioned. I'm like, it's almost 30. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Still presidents have mentioned like 
you, don't, you haven't come up with something better at this right. point or newer to to um think is funny i don't know it it's um see i don't think it's anything funny to be attacked no, no. i mean it, it had to have been a, an extremely traumatic event for you it was um the hardest part i think still is like halloween because people will dress up as me and tanya harding and you know think it's funny right. or they dress up their small children now you guys have small kids like would you think to dress one up as never one as a villain like what not but whatever yeah, yeah right. i would do this i don't it's so uh-huh. strange and then like so now with since it's not free media like in social media it's um they tag me like hey thanks so much i didn't think about being attacked today glad you're reminded you know oh it's, my gosh and and to put that spin on it it makes it like it's funny it's this it's right. not a no it's it was real life like yeah. what are you thinking i don't i don't know so people i are, have a theory it's a i have strange. a theory about why people joked about it at the time and are still joking about it and it's because of the way you handled it which was with such class thank you and you just you 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 just skated that's all you did you you went and did your job and you did it with such again elegance and class that i think people were like well she's not talking so i'm gonna fill it with with noise because you were like yeah i'm not gonna I'm not even going to justify this. I'm here to do right. what I got to do. I got a job that I'm really good at that I've worked my whole life for. This is what I'm going to do. And because, again, you had that grace, everyone was like, well, I'll fill the void. And I, I that's my theory of why it happened. Because I don't, I, be- I don't believe enough people talk about how you handled the whole situation. They talk about everything else, but very little about how you just took it and went, I'm putting it over there. I'm doing what I got to do. I'm focused on what I got to do, which is what an athlete does. A world-class athlete does. I've been working my whole life to get here. Nothing's going to stop me. And that's what I'm going to do. And I think people took that as like, uh, almost like, yeah, well then I'll, I'll, I'll I'll fill in the void. And so that's always what I thought was there was, and it's like, why don't we hear more about the fact that Nancy handled that like an actual champion handles stuff. But oh, you don't, you don't, you very, very rarely hear about that side, which I always found very odd. Yeah, it's, I appreciate all that. Thank you. Um, it's a funny thing because I think people credit the 90s in skating was like booming. We had mm-hmm. tours that don't even exist now. Mm-hmm. I mean, one tour I did had 96, 96 or 94 shows through mm-hmm. like a couple months and we just went from city to city to city touring all over the place. And now that doesn't even exist, but people would say, Oh, well, cause of the attack. And I'm like, mm, is that true? And like even signing up your kid to go take baseball or skating, like people, would you have signed your kid up for skating? If I decided this is crazy, people are, you know, what is, what is wrong with this? And didn't, do what you're saying, like move forward. And if possible, if I can be healthy enough, go do it, go do what I've been training for. Because if I just took back, then maybe that would have been different. I think yeah. I mean, I can only say it now because it's so long in the past. It's almost like different person at this point, but yeah. it's like, if I didn't show up at the Olympics, if I didn't get to compete, would there have been the boom? Right. Maybe not, right. you know? So it's more about the positive 
that comes from something negative that should be looked at as this is why it is not the negative act that didn't cause the great boom of skating. You know, it's, uh, it's the positive part of it that did. Yeah. You know, I even did a show before going to the Olympics, a bunch of people came out just so I could perform in front of people. I didn't know what it would be like eruption of, you know, clapping or what. And so friends came and, and performed with me so that I could just mm. have some experience first. And like, they were positive by helping, you know, by being part of that. And I think it's all that, all that positivity that as was a result of people like handling it well, I guess, but yeah, who knows? I mean, can, moving on after something like that requires like such intense and and just strength of character what did you do right after that to put your head down and ignore all the noise when it's all anyone could talk about how did you separate yourself and move on I think the actual immediate at the moment of being attacked my dad actually heard me so he scooped me up and carried me into a room and my little cousin who's like 17 years younger she was like five years old I think maybe she was the door opened and I saw her face look like, is she going to die? Like what's going on? Yeah. Cause I was in pain. So yeah. I was screaming and the door shut and I said, open the door, have her come in here. And cause little kid doesn't need to be scared. Like mm. I'm hurt, but I'm not dying. Like I could see in mm. her face that fear and I'm like, no, no, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. And I think that just jolted me right into this is, this sucks. This isn't, this is bad. Someone else can handle what's happening outside, but right now I'm okay. You know? And mm. I didn't know if I'd walk again. I didn't know if I'd skate again, but I was like, I was okay. So I just want to, I think having her there actually, maybe who knows, helped me a lot. Um, imagine a little five-year-old, but, oh. um, but maybe that puts it in perspective. Um, yeah. And then after, it's just my mom's been blind my whole life. I think that always comes into play, watching my dad, like, help so much. And and her, everything, the way everything is now, it's flat screens, flat. So cool. But when you can't feel a button. Wow. Hard. Everything's a challenge. So, like, okay, this isn't so bad. You know, it's. Yeah. Being able to learn perspective and having empathy for others and going, you know. This could be worse. Um, but if possible, I'm going to get get my job done. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Just coming from normal, like people that were there like, oh, you wanted to still do this? All right, let's make it happen. Well, I'm so glad that it wasn't mentioned on Boy Meets World at all. We had you there because you were an, a phenomenal Olympic ice skater. And it was just not that was not a part of the story. It had nothing to do with that. And uh, it's one of the things that I think um, makes all of us so proud of so many different elements of Boy Meets World is that um, yeah. we was avoided really those. Yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. And by the way, we're not even going to get into it, but you did get your job done. And that's a whole nother story. You absolutely got your job done. That's a whole different thing. Um, <laughs> I do. I do want to tell one story of me putting my my foot in my mouth. And yes, front of you, please. <laughs> I love um, these. I love Will I putting I, his I, mouth I, stories. <laughs> oh, man. I, as I said to Danielle, open open mouth, insert skate. Um, so we were sitting there and we were talking. Uh, you know, in between shooting, we were both bundled up with with blankets and everything we could possibly have. And and we were just talking. We were just having a nice conversation. And you said something where it was like, yeah, I've got to right after this, I've got to go to rehab. 
um, for for your leg. You know, you were you were going to be doing something, but I didn't know what you were talking about. You said, "Yeah, I've got to go," and I went, "Really? For what?" <laughs> <laughs> And just not just for having a normal conversation. You're like, yeah, I've got to go, you know, a therapy. I've got to go to therapy. And I went, really, for what? And you looked at me and you went, yeah, but you did. You went that, you know, you know, the thing with my leg. And that by that point, I was like, uh, and I went, oh, oh, yeah. How's that going? And luckily, by that point, they went, all right, we need you guys back in the set. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, I just. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Say things like even recently someone said something like <laughs> to me and then they're like, Oh shoot, that's not funny to you probably, right? Like oh and I'm like, Well, you know, you have to appreciate the innocence of like, oh yeah, I forgot. I mean, does anyone ever say to you before you go out for a performance break a leg? Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Christy Amaguchi and I have been friends since we were like I was fifteen, she was thirteen. And what's really funny is that she said it while I was doing Dancing with the Stars. She was like, oh, Nancy. And she had her daughters like hold up a sign, break a leg. <laughs> People were all over her like, what are you doing? Why right. would you do I'm like, oh, seriously, it's good luck. I get it. It's not. Uh, she didn't mean any harm by yeah. it. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, Chris, don't worry about this. Like, it's And like you said, for you, it's so long ago now, it almost feels like a different person. I'm sure for Christy, I who's known you... Yeah, it's this, yeah, exactly. She she meant it with just the purest of intentions, the way we all say break a leg before a performance. And yet, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it didn't come across oh, that way to other people. The ballerinas say mid. Oh, right? OK. Shit. In, in, <laughs> in French. French. Right. Which I found out why. Why? So, right. Like it's something. No, I don't know. It's when years and years ago, when the ballet would come, they were so excited when there would be lots of this on the ground because the, we, that means they would have a big audience because there was lots of horse-drawn carriages and lots of horses there. And so they were going to have a great audience. Yay! Oh. <laughs> I love hearing industry stuff that you don't know about. The more that stuff. the better the audience. <laughs> <it made> sense? <laughs> well, I've actually heard there's multiple theories about break a leg, too, because I, I've also heard that it's about if if you had to do if you were going to do a second encore or a second curtain call, the lead actor would break their leg, meaning that they would tuck their leg behind their other leg to indicate to all the other actors on stage. We're going to come back out, and do another bow. So it was, you, if the audience was really enjoying the show, the lead actor would break their legs and then everybody would know to, that, it, that it went well that night. Oh. But there's also alternate theories. But that's that's the one I've heard. I'm like, I like that one. That's, I like uh, that yeah. one too because I heard it was like the wings on the side of the stage and they were like breaking it. Like, get on, get on stage, basically. Mm. Break it like, out there. Mm. See, the but one I, like- I heard is John Wilkes Booth jumping. <laughs> when, when Wilkes Booth jumps off after he shoots Lincoln, he jumps off on the stage and he broke his leg. It doesn't predate that, really? No, I don't believe so. It was it wow. was started in the 1860s. Okay. This is what I again, I could be completely wrong. But so wrong. he broke his leg and then why would we say that to wish somebody because a good it's, show? Because yeah, why the, is it a good the thing? show it was it, there was a whole theory about it. It was like the show which was our American cousin at the time at Ford's Theater was going very well. And so it is it's kind of like the it's kind of saying the opposite. It's it's wishing you good luck by wishing bad luck. I don't know. There's this whole breakdown of how it, it <laughs> came out. It was very strange. I have My favorite to is add to I, I did a play in Australia and they say chukas before you go on stage, which means I hope you win a chicken. Because <laughs> in the old Australian tradition, they would tour around Australia. And if you did well, 
the town that you came to would provide you with chicken so the, the, the actors could eat that night. So it's, <laughs> it's just such like an old school. So chickas, I love it. Yeah. That's kind of brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nancy, we are honestly just so grateful that you came here and did this this little conversation with us. But also, more importantly, we are so proud to have you in the lexicon of incredible Boy Meets World guest stars. Yeah. You are just incredibly classy and we we just admire you so much and are so thankful that you spent your spent any of your time not only here with us today but doing boy meets world and one of the things we've talked about is that we are trying to invent a time machine and master time travel so that we could go back and do things that we didn't get to do then and one of them is i'd like to have you on the set of boy meets world out of lake placid (laughs) have you on set with us spending time with all of us um but thank you for ever a reboot or something Yep, call me. I'll I'd love to do it. And I just want to say before we go, it sounds like we're getting to the end there, but there was I did a show the other night in Boston and there was a woman that came up to me and she was like, They mentioned you on the podcast, the Appointments World podcast a couple months ago. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm doing it Tuesday. And she's like, What? Really? From Boston, like they've changed my life. So you guys have changed people's lives for the better. And Jen in Boston was like thrilled that I was going to be part of it and she's like a huge fan and so I'm just that it's is so, so nice it was that's fun. awesome it was, it was so okay. it was sort of random she had no idea it was going to be on but <clears throat> well I mean, yeah we've kept we've kept you a secret I have I have <laughs> one qu- I would say I have a couple questions the first is very briefly if we manage to go to Boston will you come out and hang out with us <gasps> of course we'd love to see you in person um, would love- okay, that's great. great second okay. unfortunately we are nowhere near actually inventing the time travel machine mm, i know <laughs> it's really just still in the design phases at this at this point yeah um, we have a google doc going it's we're not working it's not going well <laughs> yeah. third and very briefly because you mentioned this at the beginning if you marry your agent do they still get 10 percent? <laughs> well but i get it all back anyway right? that's what, right that's what i'm at. okay i'm just curious how i was curious how that was working okay all right Will's thinking about marrying his agent. I, yeah, now he's like, uh, what did I do wrong? He's super nice. He treats me well. I, I, I could do a lot worse. I think it's going to be a tough conversation with my wife, but for 10%? You well, it technically it would be 50% of the 10%. Oh, that's right. Yes, I think you're right. Ooh, yeah. I got to do the math. It's never, it's never good with me. Oh, my. Uh, Nancy, thank you so much for being here with us. And we are actually going to hit you up about that Boston situation. We're going to we're going to we'd like to do a face to face reunion. That would be fun. I'd love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, guys. It was an honor to be part of the show and to and the podcast as well with all of you. It was fun. Thank, Thank you. you so much. We'll this do it was again. it was seriously, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It was one of my favorite memories of Boy Meets World. It always will be. It was such a magical day for me. So thank you for making it so cool. It really was it really was a ton of fun. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, bye. bye. Oh, oh man. man. So classy and inspiring. I, I'm not yeah. gonna take anything away from Oksana Bayul, obviously, but Nancy Kerrigan won that Olympics. She won the yeah. gold medal in that Olympics. She I'm <laughs> sorry, and again. Oksana trains in the town next to where I grew up in Connecticut, so certainly not trying to take anything away from her. But with not only with everything she came, she went through, but when you actually watch 
I know a little bit about skating. I dated a skater for a while and got. Was she the actress who played the skater on Boy Meets World? Because no, she was. You the dated actress. everyone. She was. She was the the in in H E Double Hockey Sticks. She was the oh. stand-in she skater the st- for the actual skater a stunt there. Skater, right? Oh. And we dated for years. Her, her name was that, Keela, yeah. and we we dated for years. And she was was picked to be the Canadian national figure skating champion, and then got mono the year she that everyone thought she was oh going to win. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, she, but she was in this world for a long time. It's a very difficult. Did world, you but, give her mono? I didn't. This was before me. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, but she showed me a bit about this world. So I, you know, got into it and watched a little bit of it. And when you watch Nancy Kerrigan's program, forgetting even everything she went through to get there, she won that Olympics. So mm. it's that, the, you know, there's a, a lot of theories as to why she actually was given the silver instead of the gold. And then there's very little spoken about how she handled that entire situation because she handled it like an actual champion where she's like, nope, not going to talk about it, not going to mention it, not going to do press conferences, not going to do any of this. Still does. I'm going to rehab and skate. That is my job. And she was I've been thinking about what, you know, what Danielle's first question to her about the situation, you know, the the difference between the 90s and now. um, And, you know, I... We, it's hard to like remember the 90s, like the early 90s and then all the way up to the aughts were that tabloid time. Like it's a different yeah. it was a different press mentality where there would be literally one story, whether it's yeah Monica Lewinsky, uh, Princess Diana or, you know, whatever there would be. And it, like usually the more frivolous and petty, mm-hmm. the, the bigger it would become. And it would just become this fever over yeah. the nation for like months yeah and all anybody, anybody talk would about. talk about mm-hmm. and then it, and it was like and you know it's just that i mean we've talked about this before but that monoculture it was like it almost becomes it's it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle because it's like the only way you the only thing people like only thing comedians can reference in their stand-up the only thing like snl can do bits about the only thing that like if you meet a stranger in the street you can sort of have in common is like oh how do you feel about nancy kerrigan and tanya right. hart it's like who gives a crap you know at a yeah. certain point like you hear about the, the the actual attack you hear about okay criminal charges or whatever maybe that's like wow but for it to like grip a nation and become this like soap opera it's just it's i and i don't think that that would happen the same way today I don't think because I feel like, you know, these kinds of stories, they might crop up. But then hopefully now we're more sensitive to the to the the multiplicity of sides. Do you know what I mean? Like at the time, it, you know, I, I all of these narratives. That. Really? I don't think I feel like that. the narratives back then would be really easily compartmentalized into good guy, bad guy or good girl, bad girl, villain, hero. And yeah. like I feel like that's more like nowadays things are much quickly, much quicker to be reassessed um, for better or worse, you know, because then everybody has an opinion and then everybody has yeah. a side. And so everything sort of loses right. uh, meaning half the time. But that's but, the thing. We're also we we as a society now have we, we have no patience and right. we have no staying power. So right. 24 to 48 hour cycle and you move on to the next story. Right. That's, I, don't, I don't think it has anything to do with reevaluating the sides. I think it's just what's next, what's next, what's next. Nobody can wait for anything. We need to be barraged with as much imagery and horribleness as we possibly can. And it becomes all encompassing. It's, it's like two days now was two months back in the 90s. Right. Because, you know, the thing about the, the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan thing is when you when you watch the whole story, it was pretty gripping because... When when they, you know, actually had to go to the Olympics, they had to practice on the same ice. They were there at the same time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, Tanya is Tanya Harding is is uh, about to be kicked off the team. 
They don't know if she's even going to make it to the Olympics. She's under the chances are she's going to be, you know, indicted for attacking a fellow skater or having people attack her, whether she knows about it, whether she doesn't. But people can speculate all they want. But then you've got Nancy Kerrigan, who was America's sweetheart, and they've got to skate around each other with mm-hmm. an audience, even right. just to practice. Well, I think even now that would be pretty gripping. But see, nowadays, those, like the the, but, but see, nowadays, everybody involved with it would have instant access to uh, basically publish their opinions or publish their yeah. own point of view. Yeah. Whereas back then it was always filtered by you know, Rupert Murdoch or whoever was running the tabloids, you know, who could sort of control the narrative. Whereas like now, like Nancy Kerrigan would be able to tweet, would be able to put on Instagram. Everybody would be able to publish their own thoughts and their own for better or worse. I'm not, I'm just saying it's different. It's very different. And, and, and I think part of that difference is that, that hopefully people are empowered to at least express themselves. Like, you know, Nancy Kerrigan would have been able to say at the time, I'm just going to skate. Like, you know, some sort of version of like, presenting that classiness that you pointed out like you know maybe that would have been better maybe it would, i don't know yeah, but knows? it's you know i wonder if she and, even would have said anything i don't think she i don't know yeah it doesn't seem like she wants yeah. she would have no. um but you know the the flip side is what she also pointed out was that people tag her when they dress their kids up like well oh, i think what just... what gets lost so much is that like what we talked about with her this was probably the most one of the most traumatic things that had ever happened to her up until that point in her life mm-hmm. and To even then what she mentioned that I hadn't even really ever thought of is even just gaining the confidence to go back out in front of a group of people and do what you had been had been doing your entire life, not knowing how has it changed? How how, what is the perception of me now? What will the response be? Will they clap? Will they like I don't think anybody could really even fathom how difficult that was for her. And she had to just bury her head in the sand to, I mean, it would have been impossible for her to block out that noise. Um, And now still, like she said, 30 years later, she still can't really block it out because she gets tagged in things and people bring it up. So yeah, I mean, it really is. It's very interesting. I, you know, I, I really, I, I don't know how it would be different. I know it would be different now if, when it, if it were to happen again, but it's, uh, it's truly remarkable what she, you know, went through and what she's accomplished in her life. And, you know, then she was on Boy Meets World. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. It just it sucks a little bit that with all of all of her accomplishments, one of the things she's going to be remembered for is something that was done to her, to her yeah. that she had nothing to do with. It was done to her. And it's like, man, I just worked my ass off for 20 years to do this. And And my hope is, like she mentioned, that there was a lot of positives that still came out of it. Yeah, definitely. That that people who may have never known anything about ice skating, whose maybe, you know, intro to ice skating is, what? Tell me about this attack? And then, and who did it happen (laughs) to? And what is she famous for? Let me look up a video of her. And then you, you know, the, so one hopes that the ripple effect becomes an education about who she is as a whole instead of this one part of her life that she had no control over that was, you know, traumatic for her. But um, I love that she was a Boy Meets World fan. I know. I love that she was a Boy Meets World fan and I've seen Girl Meets World too. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Pod Meets World. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. You can send us your emails, podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. Jen in Boston, send us an email. Thank you for thinking of us and mentioning us to Nancy. And as always, again, we have merch. <laughs> he sounded a little like the Siri ghost. Yes. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> You're so funny, my lord. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I love waking up every morning to that. 
podmeetsworldshow.com. And we will see you next time. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers, Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. You can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or send us an email at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandies shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.